Sorry for that plain old intro. Uh, the starting bit workers are on strike this week, so. Yeah. Well, welcome back to the uh, Roll for Insanity podcast, folks. Thanks for joining in with us again. And if you're new, thank you for uh, spending some time with us. Uh, today we we have the new three. Apparently, this is going to be maybe the uh, the way it goes for a bit. We actually uh, stole Caleb. We uh, took him out of his work truck and uh, dragged him here. So he is now going to be part of the podcast today. And yeah, my hands are tighter underneath the table. Please. You aren't supposed to tell them that, Caleb. I'm sorry. I thought you said I couldn't talk about how you tied my legs. Okay, you definitely can't talk <laughs> about that. Oh, okay. And we have Ryan. <laughs> okay, the, guys. The guilty party. I don't know what you're talking about. I have to be convicted first. That's You should feel conviction right about now. I feel convicted to move along with the podcast. All right. And I'm Kevin. Welcome (laughs) again, guys. So we we were able to get Caleb for yet one more. Um, Hopefully, he'll become a a regular here soon. We'll see. We'll see. Yep. It just depends on his uh, schedule and and how his campaign uh, goes and how long it's going to take for that to end. And And how long we can get rid of Joey. Well, apparently it's not hard. All I have to do is invite him to uh, come in for a podcast, which he knows that he's always part of and anyway. And he just ghosts you. And then, yes, I was completely squelched. Joey, <laughs> this podcast is not for you. Yeah, this podcast is dedicated to everyone that's not Joey. So Bad Joey. Yeah. Anyway. So <laughs> he's probably got his uh, nose in the corner now. That'll that'll teach him. Good. <laughs> So we have been talking back and forth about uh, some of the stuff that's been going on, and we wanted to throw uh, a lifeline out to Caleb because he has been listening to our podcast forever. That is true. And he really likes one particular bit that we do. Correct. And so we're going to throw it to him, and it's going to work against Ryan today. Can you guess what that is, folks? Can you guess? What does Ryan do that furiates poor Clay all the time? Um, chastise Joey about not bringing new UA? No, no, but it was close. It's going to be uh, two lies and a truth. Oh, yeah, that thing. Yeah. That is right, folks. In reverse. Ryan is the victim this time. Uno reverse card. That's right. Correct. So... so I have prepared a list of three items. Uh-huh. Uh, they're all magical items. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them is from a core book, uh-huh. and the other ones are just something I made up. Uh huh. Time for <laughs> you to guess. Are you ready? No. <laughs> well, too bad. So, guys, here we go. Make it good. It Make it good. good. All right. I, I want to see him squirm. I want to see him sweat. All right, so the first magical item is you have these uh, jeweled bracers, Mm -hmm. right, Uh, that allow you to copy any cantrip that you cast. So every time you cast a cantrip, you can copy that as well. So say if a warlock equipped these, uh, you can cast Eldritch Blast two times Mm -hmm. when you can normally cast one. Okay. Uh, The second item is this tiny ball of moss. Uh, You can kind of like ruffle it around and uh, toss it in an area, and these little spores will kind of like flutter out. And uh, these spores will essentially calm emotions in a certain radius. 
All right. The third item is a bident, right? Okay. So two-pronged spear. Right. Um, and you're able to essentially, uh, like, cast massive waves as, like, as part of, like, some charges that you can swing about. Hmm. Okay. So we've got uh, bracers that let you double any cantrip, um, a moss ball that you yeet at people, and then it makes them calm. <laughs> and a Biden that causes tsunamis. And Poseidon, but not. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, uh, I'm going to have to go with the moss ball. That sounds like the most balanced thing out of the three of them. Uh, my, my reasoning here is doubling cantrips sounds way too strong for wizards to put in the game because normally you have to hit fifth level for you to have like the effects of two cantrips. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if you had said that it was only like cosmetic ones, like casting minor illusion, maybe I would have bought it, but... <laughs> Especially using <laughs> Eldritch Blast as an example. That's pretty strong. Um, and then the Biden uh, sounds plausible, but I don't know enough about it to be sure one way or the other. Um, and then the Moss Ball seems like some generic consumable magic item. <laughs> And I already know that there are creatures in the game who have spores that emit calm emotions, so I feel like it would be pretty easy to track over to a magic item. So that's my reasoning. Moss ball, final answer. Well, wait, that's all right. That that's not the way it's played. You you did get frustrated. Yeah. You didn't bring I'm your not, emotions well, into not, it. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. The thing is, I'm not clay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to be disappointed one way or the other. I don't go, man, all these items are so stupid. Why uh, why a Biden and not a Trident? Why, why does it only have two spikes? There also, we go. my clay voice sounds like a pirate, apparently. It does. <laughs> so is, is clay a pirate confirmed? Is that what we're hearing? You, you didn't hear it from me. <laughs> right. Kevin, what about you? What do you think? Uh, I want the bracers. Mm-hmm. Even if they're not right, not even, <laughs> even if they're just totally make up, I want them. Uh, all right, so <laughs> Ryan, boss ball, final answer. Yep. Uh, <coughs> you good there? No. All right. Uh, well, you might be a little bit worse because the moss ball is incorrect. Oh, bummer. Wah, wah, wah. Uh, we have here the illusionist bracers. Uh, while wearing these bracers, whenever you cast a cantrip, you can use a bonus action in on the same turn to cast that cantrip a second time. That's disgustingly overpowered. It is a very rare, wondrous item. That's why. Powerful illusionists of the House Demir originally developed these bracers, which enabled uh, them to create multiple minor illusions at once. These bracers, powerful though, p- these bracers' power though extends far beyond illusions. Is kind of the description. Yeah. Um. So I'm thinking about it now, and. <laughs> <laughs> if it literally just duplicates any spell that you cast for a bonus action yeah that means that at fifth level you get four rays from your eldritch blast yeah yeah so <laughs> but it is a wondrous item you're not gonna it's a wondrous you, and very rare item yeah well, you're not gonna pick well, wondrous that doesn't matter like universal solvent is a wondrous item uh, that's fair 
and it's literally just like, hey, this okay. removes all the glue in the world. Okay, and but it's very it, rare. Isn't that wondrous, But yes, though? it is very rare. Yeah. But to give you an idea, very rare is the same level as like a plus one magic weapon. And I'd give somebody a plus one magic weapon way before I would ever give them this item. <laughs> but that's just me. Well, for a magic user, that is pretty much a plus one weapon. No, you just give them a plus one arcane focus. Yeah. Yeah, and the, these uh, bad boys came from the Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica. Nice. Well, there you go. That's nice. A little fun segue there. Anyway, I feel I'm glad I was in the right vein when I was going <laughs> over it. Where I'm like, well, you know, if it was just for like illusions and you can make two illusions, then you know, it sounds pretty balanced. The, the name would suggest that. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. I, I'm I'm sure that there are more like inherently broken <laughs> magic items, but uh, yeah, that's pretty strong. Yeah. Well, that falls back on the DM again. Sure. And, uh, right. You know, and, you know, that's that's my stance always. If you're passing these out like uh, candy, you know, and it, then it everybody's pretty much equal. That that then it also just becomes a problem when you try to like balance combat encounters because then, like as the warlock or like the wizard is casting like firebolts with these yeah and just doing like massive damage you watch me do 4d10 with my turn oh no i'm using my bonus action that i wasn't going to use anyway because i'm a spellcaster (laughs) yeah so you're the dm's just thinking this entire time like why did i give them this item why did i do it (laughs) because compare this to a fighter right where you're doing, we'll say, 2d6 or a d12 for simplicity. Mm-hmm. Um, you're using a great axe, right? Right. At fifth level, you get what? Um, Extra attack. Two attacks, I think. Yeah. And then you could have four if you use action surge. This would be like giving that fighter an item that lets them action surge every single round as a bonus action. Yeah, pretty much. So... <laughs> It is what it is. It is what it is. Wizards hire me. I'll balance your stuff. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm always super hesitant about the keyword double because that can lead to the most broken combinations of all time. Very true. Yeah. Like, doubling your proficiency bonus is fine because that's an inherent scaling thing, right? Um, if you have like two proficiency it's going to be four if you have three it's going to be six and sure it gets stronger as you go along but um you know what the ultimate cap is going to be if you're like this item doubles your strength then uh you know you have 20 strength now you have 40 strength yeah um so man i cannot believe that they would use the keyword like copy or double it's very very strong yeah I remember, like, you also, uh, like, in earlier discussions, uh, we used to talk about the possibilities of the word endless in a magic item. Oh, yeah. yeah. And how... Biggest mistake. Yeah, absolutely terrible it is. Like, it could be something like a bag of infinite oranges. So, you know, no matter how many times you pull out of the bag, there's just always going to be an orange in it, right? Yep. Uh, That could get very skewed in a you know, real quick. Yeah, you know, like turning it upside down and filling up a pit trap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that would come out one at a time, though, right? It would be a little slow. <laughs> I guess. But, you know, how often are you in a rush to do a dungeon crawl? 
Yeah, Usually true. it's like a slow, methodical kind of thing. And if you're waiting on that, you could just like hold it over the edge and then like rotate so everyone can get like yeah, a short, short rest. rest yeah. yeah, before. <laughs> That's your light activity is holding the orange bag <laughs> over the pit. <laughs> well, let's segue away from that. Sure. Mm-hmm. Have you guys played in a game where something, someone has been very overpowered and you felt it was just ridiculous. And yeah, your last campaign. <laughs> well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> but everyone was overpowered, so it was fine. There's been a couple of one-shots I've ran that I felt that way. Uh, one that immediately comes to mind is uh, I was trying to run to see like how uh, powerful uh, like a high-level party would be with, oh, yeah. against like, an ancient <laughs> dragon. And I played during this one. Yeah, I had, uh, I had some fun with it. Because I was like, yes, we finally get to put the dragon in Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, but then came along uh, Buster Brown, aka <laughs> the Spirit Totem Barbarian, which has an ability where when he makes a attack on somebody, uh, the that creature has disadvantage on every like attacking any other creature besides the barbarian. So if the dragon tried going after somebody else, he would always have disadvantage unless he's hitting the barbarian who's already taking half the damage from whatever right. the dragon's throwing out at him. Though, to be fair, he did have to hit with the attack. Right. So but anytime the Buster Brown missed, was a bad turn for everyone else. <laughs> but what he hit, it was just smooth sailing the entire time. And I'm like, well, uh, I guess that's just the dragon fight. Like... Well, I mean, I'm glad that it turned out like that because I brought the worst kind of character for this boss fight. I'm like, you know what I think would be really funny? Playing a transmutation wizard uh, arcane, uh, arcane trickster rogue multi-class. You know how much combat value that has? Not much. <laughs> Yeah, and I remember, like, all these people were like, all right, we're going to fight a dragon, so we're going to use, de- like, you know, dex as, like, one of our big, like, stats. And uh, I threw a ancient white dragon at them, which does frost breath, which does not use dex, but uses constitution as its saving throw. <laughs> so, like, the mug was like, but I get to roll dex, right? I'm like, no. Yeah, I have evasion, no, right? <laughs> it's like, no, no, evasion is only on deck saves. saves. You're screwed. <laughs> yeah. So that was a fun time. That's. I mean, yeah. it happens. I mean, you know, you mm-hmm. get into it. Um, I think mine just kind of spiraled out of control just because that was the beginning of COVID and we were going into where we went from live play to game, uh, you know, online gaming. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, it was like... Well, this is this could be like a one to like fifteen campaign, and you're just right. like, well, we're only like level six, but I want to get everybody all the stuff that they want and wrap up the narrative in like two weeks. And that's pretty much exactly what happened. You know, we just we didn't have the time to play, and we ended up mm-hmm. losing uh, quite a few players mm-hmm. along the way as well. Right. So I it it did just kind of evaporate. And, you know, I was guilty of it myself. I was trying to, you know, to you know speed forward so that we could get to the end. Uh, we never did. 
Yeah, no, in my no, party. We hit, we hit the end. You, well, yes, but you commandeered the boat and you became pirates. Well, so. was there going to be another end? I feel like well, that's a pretty good ending to me. No, but that would have been a really good jump-off part. You know, that would have been... <laughs> they sail off into the sunset. Yeah, it's the end of one yeah. chapter, the beginning of another. Uh, exactly. So, I mean, it worked out, but, I mean, I can see where it uh, it becomes... You know, it, Not only did I have my weekly you know, uh, stuff I had to prep for, I had to try to learn a program as well. And I think that's that's tougher for the older, you know, the old guard. We didn't start that way. We, you guys did. I mean, most of all of the games that you guys have played have been online. I mean, there were very few mm-hmm. board games, you know, growing up. You know, I mean, except for, you know, shoots and ladders when you're like three. Okay, that's, you know, not quite the same. Candyland, always a classic. Exactly. But, I mean, that's not something that the newer generations are, you know, they're not used to. And I think they like the fact that they can move everything with the mouse, you know. Uh, I still miss the gameplay, the board play, you know, actual Mm -hmm. live action, the, you know, the battle maps and being able to draw that stuff out. Um, I did as, you know, the best I could. I think if we had transitioned and and let somebody else take over the the campaign as DM, we might have been, you know, be able to move a little faster and, you know, maybe kind of convert and, you know, transform into the the new realm uh, now i'm pretty adept to it or adept with it i should say and uh, i enjoy it now i mean now i see there's there is a lot of credence because you can just drop graphics and and anything you want into it right but mm-hmm. there's just something about taking that piece and moving your you, you know your figure drawing out or doodling out the uh the terrain the yes. terrain yeah. Yeah. It's, markers it's just so yeah. much fun so I, can you believe that we had seven people in that campaign? Yeah, that's crazy. Like eight, I have six currently in the campaign that I'm running, and I feel like that's that's a lot already. Yeah, I cannot believe we had so many players, and now we have. To, it's like we have three players on a good day. Yeah, <laughs> if we're lucky. Yeah. Well, yeah. and then not only the uh, the seven players, but we had four, five Guests. main NPCs that were mm-hmm. constant. Mm-hmm. And at the in the end, they all were there. So and you know, I was trying to keep it up. And then we had a big span um, between the. I don't want to say. Well, I mean, I, it is. I mean, it, the the experience and the you know who knew the game and who was just starting. So we had a lot of beginners. Mm-hmm. We had at least two, three, because we had Austin, um, we had Bree. And we had Annabelle. Right. So those three had never really played before. And I don't think Cody had ever played 5e. Right. So, but he had played. So, I mean, he was a little bit experienced. He wasn't as green, yeah. But, I mean, I think that also, I would recommend if you're going to start a game, try to keep the experience levels close. You know, unless you know going into it, this is just going to be, you know, just a real fun, maybe, you know, four off, five off, you know, game campaign. And would go from there. Well, yeah. and I think that it's perfectly fine to mix your um, like skill levels, but have a talk with your players about it. Mainly your like more experienced ones, right? Right. Yeah. Because as an experienced player, you want to like get into role play and solve all the puzzles and do all of the fighting. But you know, sometimes you don't need to be center stage, and you can take a back seat to people who are just learning how to play, and you can like nudge them in the right direction without like stealing the show. Right. Um, 
like I've played in a few of like Caleb's one shots where he's just introducing people to D and D and it's almost fun to like sit in the back and just kind of see where they take things like, Oh yeah. Because new players always think so differently than I do completely outside of the box because they, they don't know what the box is. Right. Yeah. It and makes so, like, it a lot of different. One of my favorite examples was, uh, we came to a locked door with like a padlock on it. <laughs> and I was like, well, I got a crowbar. I could crowbar this door open, but I'm not going to say anything yet. I want to see what people think of. And somebody's like, can I use ice magic to freeze like the lock and like break it? And I'm like, that's a pretty cool idea. Yeah. So I was like, <laughs> You know what? Go for it. See what happens. And, you know, got a high roll. I'm like, you know what? It is frozen solid. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you can just, like, bash your, like, pommel on it, and it'll shatter immediately. And, you know, I I love that kind of, like, stuff with right. new players. Or, like, I remember one person tried, like, asking the same kind of question, but, like, with, uh, like, acid arrow. Like, mm-hmm. what if I just, like, mm-hmm. shot it at the lock and make it, like, you know, dissolve? I'm like, that could also work. You know, I'd be totally down if you could try that. Right. <laughs> And so, yeah, I think as long as you like prep your players accordingly, skill difference can't be, isn't like too much of an issue. I do have one question uh, to ask the table, which is because I feel like this always like happens, especially with some DMs where uh, you like come to a table where there's always like the min maxer or the power gamer, Uh but there's only like one of them. There's never like the full party is like, Jacob, uh, yeah, like the full, like you know, <laughs> mid maxers, and I what was one, wondering if I could pick your guys' brains on like how would you balance between if you have a power gamer and then you also have like you know your casual friends, but also like some newcomers as well if they are like all in at that table. Yeah, that's a little bit tougher because like even in my case, like I'm really into role play now, but that's not going to stop me from trying to make the optimal character. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not just going to pick a race cause I'm like, yeah, this sounds fun. Usually I'm going to pick one that benefits the stats that I'm going for, for my build. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, there is kind of like a mentality of like, if I'm going to be playing the game, I want to be good at the game. That's fair. And so like on one hand, I get people who are super into like the meta and like min maxing and figuring out like optimal builds. But on the other hand, like it's it's hard to balance that with people who are just like, I want to play an uh, an orc wizard because I think that would be neat, or or <laughs> I want to be Legolas. Right, exactly. <laughs> and um, so you there's already like an inherent power difference there. Um, between like the strength of characters and then the knowledge of the players behind them. And again, I think it kind of just comes down to like having to talk with your players. Like if you notice if if it's a one shot, that's kind of a different story. You have to set your precedent beforehand. But if you're running like a campaign, you know, and you notice that one of your players is like, Oh, I'm going to like fight and murder everything because I min max this character to do like 300 damage per round. Yeah. Then you just go, Hey bud, here's the deal. I want these encounters to be fun for everyone and you are killing everything before (laughs) they get to touch them. So maybe let's talk about your build or your play style or Something along share, those share lines. Share the spotlight a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's going to be tough because that personality doesn't do well. Um, 
Now, if you knew, are you talking about knowing going into the game that this guy is uh, a min maxer, or is it he just finding a, out at the table? Yeah, at the there's, table, you there's decide. There's been a couple times where I found out at the table, mm-hmm. and there's been some times where I'm like, okay, beforehand, I know this person is a power gamer, but there's okay. also been times where like, all right, here's my kit. Like they pull up to the one shot with their character sheet up, and then I look at it, I'm like, I see. This is <laughs> you have a familiar. And it looks like you're just going to be casting spells all through this. Your stats are maxed out. Sorcerer Warlock multi-class. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's uh, you, depending on how comfortable you are with the game, you know, another suggestion is, um, I've seen this happen too. You have somebody who, you know, wants to, do, that's all they're in for. It's just they're, they're in it to, you know, to build, build their experience. You know, Peak build their, meta. Yeah. Yep fill their trunk with booty and, and move on. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the rest of the party, you know, maybe they're the thinkers, you know, they, and they would rather have more of a, you know, an exercise in, in mind, you know? So, so what you're saying is puzzles. Yeah. Well, puzzles. no, no, I'm just saying, but yeah, it's puzzles. <laughs> That's a good one. But I'm saying what you could do is, um, slip, a, you know, a note to the power player and have him go do an individual task. Mm-hmm. You know, and then send him out to the, you know, to his death, you know. <laughs> That's and true. Because or uh, you could do like something that requires like, uh, I know it's very taboo, but like maybe a quest or a uh, objective that requires you to split the party where like maybe there is a pressure like sensor in like five different rooms to unlock the main door and they all have to split up in order to like hit those pressure plates. Teamwork. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. Yeah. Or... Um, specifically tailor encounters to build into the other players. Um, like obviously don't ruin the entire experience for the min maxer because they do get fun out of like making right. Um, and so, you know, if they're just here to kill monsters, let them kill monsters, but maybe have like uh, a puzzle that requires you to like have a good religion check because you know, that's the other part of min maxers, the men, there's stuff that they're going to be bad at too. And presumably your other characters in your party are going to fill that gap and you can throw stuff at them like, oh, here's a a riddle room and you have to solve the riddle and maybe you don't know who this person is unless you have a high enough history role or something. Or uh, another thing I used to do a lot, or I still do, uh, is uh, take a look at the languages that all your players uh, know. And from there, maybe like send notes or as part of the puzzle, it's like, well, it's only written in giant. And the min max is like, well, I don't know how to speak giant. And then that way you can like add more playability for your other players that are like, wait, I know giant. Can I read it? And then it gives them that moment of the spotlight of like, wow, I chose something that was really cool that uh, added adds to the story. Right. So, yeah, I guess. um Playing into like the the niche of other characters is kind of just the way I do it, mm-hmm. um, because you know min maxers most of the time are going to be built for combat, mm-hmm. and so you know throw in your fair share of combat, but then there's plenty of other stuff that players can be good at. Well, you know we used to refer to them as the meat shields. Yeah. So and know. like. Even in combat, there are like specific ways that different characters can thrive. Because let's say the min-maxed character is like a paladin blade lock, right? Mm-hmm. Or a 
yeah, Paladin Hexblade Bladelock, uh, which is a pretty common overpowered multi-class where you're basically fishing for critical hits and you're going to try and put all of your smite damage on one character. That might be good during a boss fight, but during like a large mob of enemies, that's going to be less good. The kobolds attack. Right. Yes, right. <laughs> or maybe you have um, like a spellcaster enemy that... Um, is like hampering their effectiveness with spells that are cast at them like they get slow cast on them or something Mm. um there are a handful of ways to like deal with a player without making them feel like bad without like completely gimping them right so yeah i just have to you you have to be comfortable you know running you know a, a separate line um, that's where backstory comes in too. Uh, mm-hmm. You know that mm-hmm. you, you don't realize how important the backstory can be, but now you can. You, our recent campaign kind of shifted to uh, Joey's character and his backstory, and that led into uh, you know a completely different uh, environment and, and something that you know we wouldn't have you know well Clay would not have brought us into had it <laughs> not been for you know that particular backstory. So that worked out really well. Right. So. Right. Well, I think that pretty much wraps it up for today, guys. We'll uh, we'll, we'll try to get Caleb back again. Um, we'll cut you loose in a minute. Okay, uh, okay thank you, because right. the, the ropes around my hand. What did I like, say about mentioning the ropes? I'm sorry. They just hurt a lot, okay? You know how much editing we're going to have to do? You know what? You've you complained about sorry. them like eight times in this episode, okay? I, I'm sorry. What if I just say licorice? Sure. Why don't we... Um, Let's just keep them in the closet till next but week. No, It'll please. Be easier. Licorice is cutting off my circulation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thanks, guys. Thanks for, for spending some time with us. Caleb, thank you again. Of Greatly course. appreciate it's you. It's fun to be here. You're welcome. Anytime, like I said, hopefully uh, we can get you into a more permanent you know, spot here. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ryan, thanks for uh, taking the time out of your busy schedule. I know what a... What yeah, a you know me, busy every Sunday Social afternoon. butterfly, yeah. <laughs> He's got about 16 hours of reading to do, I think is what I, I heard. I do have hey a lot yo. of reading to so, do. <laughs> and Caleb, we're sending you off to your uh, campaign. Go have fun with your uh, your kiddos and uh, we will, uh, we'll see you next time. Uh, only a few more weeks until they're dead, right? Uh, <laughs> That or or the uh, the boss is dead. Who knows? Well, either is fine with me. And, you know, the campaign's gonna end one way or another. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's it from us, I guess. Yeah. Right. Till next week, guys. Thanks. See ya. Catch you later.